Before we begin, uh, we of course would like to acknowledge the land that we are on here today. Recording this podcast is Wujak Budja. It is Wujak land. And we obviously want to pay our respects to their elders, past and present. And with that, I think we should start a podcast. Go for it, Shah. I can hear the Charlotte now. It's fine. <laughs> but I need to do another one. It doesn't say, uh, what's our podcast name? Untangling, Untangling the Mess Around. It doesn't say that in the intro. Yeah, but we say it now, so it's fine. And it's also oh wait, you go to the intro thing. Oh yeah. So welcome to your weekly fun, fun podcast with Charlotte and Jethro, where we talk about all things swing, most things not swing, and the arguments we have about them. Was that just made off the top of your head? Yep. Cool. I Me- thought that went really well. Memorize that and say it next week. I'll just re-listen to the podcast <laughs> and write it down. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, actually, no. Before news of the week. Quiz. There's answers that I need in my life. Two weeks ago, I posed the quiz. I'm not even sure if Charles done any research on this. I have done zero. What is the origin of the word shim in the swing dancing routine? Shim sham. Does it have to do with the shimmy of the shoulders? No. As you're doing the well, movement? I mean, it might. The story that I've heard does not. Right. Okay. So a version <laughs> says no. <laughs> I don't know. No I, idea at all. I, oh, shim. Is it is it move based? Like is, no, no, it's not move based. It's a, it's two words like come half and smush together. Sh and im. Mm-hmm. So it was a uh, someone going sh to this guy called im, and it resulted in shim. <laughs> what are you <laughs> on about? <laughs> two separate words. <laughs> Yeah. Shh. There's not a word. It's, it's an onomatopoeia. That counts as a it's word. A, no, no one doesn't. It's, it's a noise. Onomatopoeias count as words. Mm, okay. This is, this is going to be another podcast. It, we can have a debate about other pod- yes. linguistics. There's some really good podcasts about that out there, actually. Actually, yeah, there really are. So, um, Jethro, enlighten us all. Where, where, where does the shim... Po- oh, I hope you, have, you can't find it because that would be so funny. I know. I know the story. I'm just trying to find one little piece... Here it is. So, this is from Wikipedia. Okay. Um, the, sto- the story goes that she and him got merged together to make the word shim. Okay. Because a, li- a chorus... Hang on, wait. According to the tap dancer, Howard Stretch Johnson, the word shim is a contraction of the term she and him, a reference to the fact that female chorus line dancers at the 101 Ranch were played by men. Okay. So, at that club... The, the dancers that were supposed to be women yeah. were all men, and they were doing the shim sham. Okay. They were doing kabuki the... Kabuki style. Sorry? Kabuki style. Kabuki? Yeah. The Japanese dance where, like, even the women are played by men. Yeah, no, I don't know. All right, well, there you go. Cool, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so when they got up and did the um, the goofus, which was the first name of the shim sham. Oh, can we call it the goofus from now on? No, yeah, that's the original name of the shim sham. Done. The goofus. Done. Um, and then they were doing the goofus. And then the, the males doing the female roles, the she and him, the shim, shim-sham, okay. shim-sham-shimmy. Hey, you got a name. So where'd the sham come from? I think it's it just, it just sounds It was nice. just a sham. <laughs> shambles. It was just a shambles. It's mostly like... I wonder if we could introduce that into like gender normative talk. Shim. Do you know shim? I don't know. 
What's the plural? Shims? Sh- shims. <laughs> hey, shims. <laughs> I don't... I no, this is tangenting way too much. Bring it back. Here we go. Podcasting <laughs> people are listening. Okay. Let's get on to... Are they though? Probably not. <laughs> uh, what, let's get on to the news. Yes. So, good news of the week. News of the week. Uh, my good news of the week is I attempted... It's it's baking again. I'm sorry there's nothing more interesting going on in my life. Um, it's interesting to me. I made one of those Japanese uh, wobbly cup, um, cheesecakes, which is basically a cheesecake that you fold in egg whites, like meringue things, and it just... It's like a souffle meets a cheesecake, yeah. and then it wobbles. Did it wobble? It, it wobbles when it comes out of the oven, but then it just kind of condenses. In just, the words of the great Eddie Izzard, it slowly collapsed like a flan in a cupboard. <laughs> I've never, I don't have a clue what that's in reference oh, to. Oh, yeah. Eddie Izzard, brilliant comedian. Okay. Uh, okay, so wobbly, not so wobbly cheesecake. Yeah. Wobble-ish. Wobble-ishly. Wobble-ish cheesecake. Fair enough. Mine, mine was that what was mine? Oh, last week I finally got to start learning the Killer Boogie. Yay! I spent a bit of time in quarantine watching this Killer Boogie routine, which is a solo jazz routine, essentially, that's just really, really stupidly fast footwork, and I just wrote out every single beat. <laughs> so I've got the entire thing notated, and I finally got a chance to start learning it last week. So mm. I've got the, yeah. Got some um, legs moving again, because I haven't been dancing as much. And now I'm going to try to teach it. Yay! <laughs> Funny side note to that, Jet posted the whole transcribe uh, footwork thing to our, our troop page, and it was about, like, four pages long. <laughs> and, like, the comments after he posted it of people... There was some outstanding GIF work done by Danica of just people going, like, What? Eyeballs, <laughs> yeah. just, like, wide open eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. So when so, are you going to start teaching that? Uh, Killer Boogie classes start, so that'll be the 25th. 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 Either Huzzah. online or in person, depending on where we are at that point. But yep. we can talk about that in a second. Cool. Um, yeah, Killer Boogie started that last week. It was good. Yeah. Legs hurt. Well done. Mm. Uh, what happened last week in Swing, swing Zing? Uh, last week in Swing Zing, we spoke about the, our decision to not immediately reopen classes. Oh, right. That post. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time um, researching and reading a whole bunch of academic papers because I wanted to have a chat with the swing dance leaders in Perth mm-hmm. to figure out who's opening when and what people's kind of research is to see if it was possible to open. Mm. And then as far as I could tell, all of the research is saying, yes. If you're dancing with COVID, you're going to give it to someone. Like there's, there's no yeah. matter how many masks you wear and how many times you wash your hands, it's so easy for droplets to go from one person to another when you're standing close together. Even if you don't touch, even if it's a Jedi, if you're standing close, mm. it's going to be like the contagious, the transmission rate is really high. Yeah. So there's no safe way to have a dance class, essentially. Yeah, we can, not at this stage. We can do things to reduce the risk. Mm. Um, but it was just too risky for as far as I could tell. And then having a look at when the last uh, cluster was, that ship that came into Frio. Oh, ships. Um, the live export ship uh, where 25 people got um, diagnosed and isolated. If there were, if those 25 people gave someone of the community it and they were asymptomatic, then the time it would take for their incubation period, plus the incubation period of anyone they infect, would have made it to about the... It's today, actually, the 14th. Mm. 12th to the 14th. 
we would have found out about it. Mm. But then there's a few exchanges because uh, incubation periods vary a lot. Yeah. So we're kind of waiting until the 16th to make a decision. But so far, there's been no second wave outbreak. Yay. Well done, everyone. So decision was to make a decision on the 16th. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got two more days. Well, by the time you hear this podcast, you'll have one more day. Yeah. Um, until, but you know, the the long and short of it is we, we all really want to go back dancing. That's not in question. Um, the question is trying to do it in the safest way possible because as we know we the people who come to our classes are not don't only come to our classes um so it is very much a community thing this is one of those things where sharing is not caring no it's not caring at all don't don't share the rona yeah no Mm. uh yep so decision on the 16th yep and uh at the moment um the the venues have all been booked to start from the 25th yes so that's when the first class could be back yeah um, Obviously, we'll make announcements as soon as that happens. Um, in the meantime, we did get a lot of positive feedback from that post. My personal favorite thing about that post was the image that went along with it. Um, <laughs> the embroidery? <laughs> the embroidery. The, like, the very, like, Nana at home doing some embroidery that says, what was it? Um, wash your hands. Wash your hands and don't, don't be a racist. racist. <laughs> I feel like everyone should have that somewhere <laughs> in their home. Instead of the love, live, laugh bullshit, yeah. it should be um, wash, your, wash hands. your hands don't and be don't be a racist. It should be in every bathroom. Uh, cool. So that was last week. The other thing that happened last week, apart from that post, was it was our final one-man dance class. Yes. So we stuffed up our Thursday classes and all the YouTube clips don't have audio. Oh, no, again. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. But... I've also got the class recap up. Okay. So all the class recaps are up online. If you want to go back and learn that beginner tap routine, it is now all online. The only thing I haven't done is posted the songs. So I'll go home at some point and film myself dancing the routine so there's a video to go along with it. But I'll post just the um, the song audios. Cool. So you can do that routine. Nice. Um, that was it that really happened last week. Yeah. Next week? Um, well, next week we were going to talk about um, potentially the reopening of classes. Oh, we're um, doing, we're doing, yeah, no, that. we've done that. Just yeah. nailed that. Um, so watch this space as much as you can watch a podcast. Oh, actually, we should also mention that Sunday online classes are no longer happening. Oh, yes. So the online classes are going to continue on Tuesday and Thursday until we reopen live, mm-hmm. like live venues. And then once we open live venues... Monday nights we'll have an online class. Okay. We've got a couple of students. Chucky is from Tasmania. He's Launceston. Yay! And so is Vanessa. I wonder if Nathan and Cassie know him. Yeah. So they're all like excited for us to go over to Tasmania. Yay! Because they're like, oh, we can catch up and we can do them. Like, Vanessa wants everyone to do the one-man dance. Yay! (laughs) We totally do it. Oh, no. I'm the shortest. I always get stuck in front. (laughs) I'm always the tallest at the back. (laughs) Trying to push everyone along. Yeah, I know. And I'm always going, I don't know what I'm doing and I can't see behind me. Uh, ah. Kick her in the shins. Kick her in the shins. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got people who are interstate and also regional who can't make our classes. So mm. we want to keep them going. Plus, it means we can keep putting classes onto the YouTube channel for those yeah. that are following along. And if you do know anyone who's out in the sticks, um, out in Le Whoop Whoop, as is decided. <laughs> that, in France. That, in France, yes. Um, share, please share that information with them because some people do quite enjoy that and are not, not able to get to physical classes for whatever reason. Andy Ruth has been so good. They've yeah. been coming to like every single class. It's awesome to see yeah. them. It really is. Um, cool. So that was... That's coming up this week, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Tuesday night, this week, online, mm-hmm. got a guest teacher. Oh, Monique can't make it. Oh, no. Who's a guest teacher? You want to teach it with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So Charles going to be the guest teacher. <laughs> this is literally how <laughs> planning goes at Swing Zing. Do you want, <laughs> what do you want to teach tomorrow night? 
Um, what did you teach last week? I can't remember. Ooh. Was, like, was it like dips and stuff? Nah, that was last. That was today. I taught that was dips today. Was okay, again. so what did you teach last week? I don't know. Um, let's teach. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll teach a thing and it'll be great. On Thursday. Yes. We're doing solo jazz class. Yes. So this is not a routine. We're doing actually just a standard solo jazz class. Yeah. Uh, iso hop. It might be our very last iso hop class. This is true. We have to make that a special one. We do have to make it a special one. Aerials. Sorry. Yes. Iso rolls. <laughs> and then Baba, Fee and I will probably just have more games. Like we've been playing a lot of games with the, with the mm. card. We've, we've invented a new card game with po- um, Balboa Poker and every like ace, two, three, four, five, everything has a move associated to it. Mm. So five is crab walks and like king is howl kicks. Mm. And so you pull up a card randomly and then you got to do that move and then you pull up two cards and you got to transition. It's, it's a fun way to make up some cool games. Cool. So we've, we've been playing that a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then that's it for next week, really. Yeah. Shall we? Uh, Go to. Shall we do a, a really smooth transition? Transition. Sure. Wow! We're really good at segways. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We that's sh- we that's our strong suit. <laughs> we should figure out transitions. We should be sound editors. I feel like that's our next our next venture in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people will pay us to do this. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. They'll pay us an exposure. Speaking of which, thank you everyone that's paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon, you're awesome! Yay! The other thing that I, other people that I haven't actually thanked, and I always mean to thank, is the Australian government. Oh yay! Thank you for paying Jethro. Yeah, like literally, there's, there's um, jobkeeper payments have been coming in, and the reason I'm able to do all of this is from Patreon and from the Australian government. Hashtag universal employment. You know, what is it? Universal, universal income. income. That yeah. should be a thing for everyone. Um, cool. Right to your MPs. Everyone's been thanking, you know, all their students, all the support, but no one's been thanking the government, and in this since I'm actually going to thank them because yeah. it, it worked for me mm. may not have worked for what was it 1.5 million people they mm. overestimate oh, well but, the thing is so with the overestimation it's not that they overestimated the amount of people that were going to use it the problem from my understanding the problem was that the the requirements in order to apply for JobKeeper were so convoluted and were so intense that a lot of employers who were just small business owners found it way too daunting and way too hard and they just went like nah and just didn't do it it wasn't that hard I mean, I've only for got a, one for, person employed. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, I know that um, from from the company that I work for, um, where we have a whole dedicated department of, you know, accounting and, and all of that, they they worked some pretty long hours for several weeks in yeah, order to okay. make sure that everything... We're talking about a, 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 over 600 employees here. Yeah, now, okay. So it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. What do you mean? Swings in, dome, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, no, you've dubbed me out for our work. <laughs> Oh, no. um, Sorry, <laughs> I'll edit it out. It's fine. No, Just put it like a beep. <laughs> um, yeah, they no. A, a lot of comp- from my understanding again. My my understanding is uh, a lot of companies just were overwhelmed yeah, okay. by the requirements that were needed because you had to go back however many years to demonstrate how much uh, income you usually made and then demonstrate that you demonstrate yeah demonstrate that you had thirty uh, percent loss. Blah blah blah. Anyways. So, Sorry, yes. I'm just, just, you know, trying to... I'm circling my finger to try to wrap I've wrapped it up. up. I've wrapped it up. <laughs> it's, it's, is it going to be on my new sing, sing, yeah, sing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. World of Swing. 
Um, Not much is really going on. No, there was a lot of Black Lives Matters. Everyone's posting really awesome stuff Mm. about Black Lives Matter. So keep reading and listening to that kind of stuff. There's a really good opportunity because a lot of the information is very much always out there. But at the moment, because it is sort of culminating in the last couple of weeks, there is like a, a barrage of all of these great articles and interviews and podcasts and things like that that you that are available to you or have been condensed into these lists that are easily accessible. So now is a really great time. Even if you don't read everything right now, like bookmark things and save videos and be like, oh, I'm saving this for later. Um, and then actually read it. Yeah. So that was World of Swing. Pretty much. Everyone's mm. posting about Black Lives Matter because it's important. Yeah. Okay. Echo Chamber shout out. Yeah. Oh, actually... Mine flows on from this. Here we go. go. Segway. So my Echo Chamber shout out is Amy found a really cool playlist on Spotify mm. called Black Australia. Black as in B-L-A-K. Mm-hmm. So they started spelling it that way when talking about indigenous Australians. Um, and yeah, it's just a really awesome playlist full of indigenous Australian music. Like it's pop, it's folk, it's electronic. There's a whole bunch of different genres in there. That's cool. But every artist is all First Nation. So it's kind of really cool to listen to all this music that's being produced by these really awesome artists that you don't usually get to hear on radios because they don't get as much exposure. Mm. So yeah, if you want to, go on to Spotify and search B-L-A-K Australia. Cool. And then just have a dance party in your kitchen. (laughs) Sometimes it's a bit itsy. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit (laughs) (laughs) Um, my echo chamber shout out was uh, this video I posted it on the Swingsing page many of you liked it um, <laughs> they did it got quite a lot of uh, feedback which I was really happy about it was this video like um, it was a video put up by Jerry Foote F-O-O-T-E um, and it's basically two dancers that are not in the same room together dancing together but they're sort of silhouetted out so it looks like they're dancing together even though they're technically they're ISO dancing so if you're a video editor, all you do is you get two videos, you overlay them, and you put the transparency yeah. up on one of them. So one of them see-through. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But it, the effect is really cool. It does look really good, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked it out, um, have, a, have a look at that. It's really, really fun. All right. That, that's all the, the housework out of the way and done. Yeah. Time to get into the meat of it. Try and time to talk about something important about mm. swing dancing. Because everyone here is asking us, well, not everyone here, had a couple of people mention that they want to... You know, how do I get better at swing dancing? Yeah. So that's where we kind of came at it for the epiphanies mm-hmm. episode that we had two weeks ago. Because um, that is one way to get better, to have mm-hmm. epiphanies. And then the other kind of end of the spectrum were plateaus. Yeah. So, so you get stuck. Pretty much, yeah. Plateau, like just said, I found a definition saying, plateaus occur when you stall out on progress despite continuing to do, quote, all the right things. So it's that moment where you're like, I'm going to all the classes and social dancing, but I don't feel like I'm improving or I don't feel like I'm achieving what I want to achieve. It's super frustrating. It really is. And it's, it's demoralizing as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to be our discussion point for today. I don't know how we're going to argue, but we'll try. We'll, we'll do our best. We'll do our best to argue. I'll just... No, we won't. Yes, we will. Done. <laughs> Go, Charlotte. You start right, yourself. So, off. yeah, my, my first question that came to me was because I was just writing a whole bunch of bullet points. Was is is plateauing out necessarily a bad thing? Like, yes. Does it have to be a bad thing? Yep. Why? One more answer. Yeah. 
Because you're not getting better. You're not improving. But what if you don't want to? What if, like, the, the, the stage at which you have found yourself, you're not improving, but you're also not searching to improve? You have reached the level of Lindy that makes you happy. You're, you're proficient enough to go to the social dancing events that you want to go to and, and you know, get enjoyment out of that. Um, your classes are still interesting and you, you don't have a desire to be the best dancer or a teacher or anything like that so you're very content in your why are you going to classes? for the social interaction like we know some students who have like who just live in level one they have been there <laughs> for years and they could very easily progress to level two but they don't want to because mm. they're, that's their happy place so then have they actually plateaued then? I would argue yes, because they're what, what's the definition again? Uh, when you stall out on progress and continue despite doing all the good things, so they've stalled out but on progress. But they're not. They're not trying to improve. They're going to classes for fun. The second part of it was despite doing all the correct things, all the right mm. things. So it's, to me, it's someone who's trying to improve that's not. Okay. Okay. In that definition, then yes, I suppose. Point two. <laughs> well, no, it was just a question that, like, is it is it a bad thing? You know, we 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 assume that not progressing um, is is a bad thing, but does it have to be? If you're happy where you are, I get what you're saying, and I agree. If you're happy where you are, go for it. And yeah. you, people should be more happy where they are. They shouldn't have to. There's there's a lot of pressure, obviously, to be better. Yeah. Um, yay, social media. Yay. Everyone project your best life, and then everyone else feels bad around you. Yes. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, so I can totally get the whole, like, yes, be happy with who you're at. Um, you're your own worst critic. Some people don't actually want to improve. But in my experience, when someone plateaus and they're conscious of it, they're the ones that are trying to improve. Mm. When you're trying to improve and it's not happening, I think that's detrimental. Mm. This is just frustrating. What about if, like, if you as an observer mm -hmm. you have seen someone plateau mm -hmm. like you feel like they're not progressing anymore but for them they don't feel that way as in they, they found their sweet spot and they're yeah. happy there what's the question the question is do <laughs> do I do anything well no well maybe no <laughs> okay as in do you is it something that is worth a conversation not necessarily hey Charlotte you're not getting any better well, you would word it slightly differently than that. One would hope. With me, you probably would. Um, but you know, is that something? I don't know. Is that some? Is that a conversation worth having? If they want to improve, hmm. then yeah. If they're not trying to improve, if they're just doing it for the fun of it, then no. Okay. There's a lot of people in the who go social who go to Mustang Bar every single week, hmm. and they're fun and they're hilarious and they enjoy it, but they're not getting better. Yeah. They're not training. They're not trying to improve. They're but what if classes. they think they're getting better? And you're just like, hmm. <laughs> if I if they think they're getting better, because and I think they, they're not. They've learned a new move, but really they're not getting better at it. They're just learn. They're just adding vocabulary without necessarily improving on either technique or or anything like that. Increasing your vocabulary is still improving. Hmm. Arguable. <laughs> You're not improving your technique, but you're improving your vocabulary. Yeah. You're improving your dance potential. Okay. Oh, no, I think you're trying to make it more complicated than it is. Probably. <laughs> Have you met me? That's what I do in life. 
Um, no, and like I said, these are just these are just questions. They're devil advocate questions. Yeah, yeah. That I'm I'm curious to hear your opinion on. That's all. Yeah. No, and I'm like I'm pretty certain in my answers, but I could very easily be wrong. Hmm. Like if someone has found a way to plateau and it be a good thing, even if you're trying to get better. Hmm. And let me know. All right. Um, so the next point I had, I guess, was um, what are the different reasons that we would want to overcome a plateau? And this seemed fairly obvious and it's fairly self-explanatory is that we want to get better. Yep. Um, and boredom. Even if yeah, we don't necessarily true. want to have a, a fixed goal of how we want to get better, we're just bored. You just want something new. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Get some variety. Yeah, that's fair enough. Did you think of anything else of overcoming a plateau? I mean, there's always just wanting to overcome that frustration of being on a plateau. Mm. Like, yes, I want to get better, but I want to get better because I don't want to be crap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's focusing on the wrong side of the argument, mm. but it's still a reason to overcome a plateau is because you're frustrated that you're on a plateau. Yeah. Do you tell that I've had a few plateaus in my life? I was going to say, I, I don't think anyone who has been dancing as long as we have been dancing has not hit one, two, or multiple. Too many. Too many, too yes. Many. Too many plateaus. What's been your most recent plateau, if I may ask? When did I start dancing? It was in 1864. <laughs> oh, I walked in snow and bare feet. You probably the dance hall that was on rocks. <laughs> Our dance floor is made of glass. <laughs> um, or it doesn't I, have to be the most recent one. But no, like, no. Like, I'm literally thinking, like, okay, so started dancing, let's say it was 10 years ago, because it was about ish, I guess. Got to about five years in, and so I've been plateauing for the last five years. Do you really think so? Yes. Oh. With no progression, you feel? Every now and again, I will... I feel like I have, like, a... an epiphany moment. Mm. Something's like, that's inspiring, inspiring, yes, do it. Mm. But then nothing ever changes. Okay. I go back to all my bad habits of shoulder forwards and fancy tangly Mm. arm stuff and... Can't yeah, but that's not a anything. bad thing. Your fancy tangly arm stuff is fun. Yeah, like I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I've, I've kind of more just resigned myself to the fact, like, eh, if I really want to get better, I know I have to put a lot of effort and time in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I so, definitely feel that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there have been things in the time that have managed to overcome it, but we can get to that in the next bit. Okay. Um, yeah, have you had any plateaus? Any- oh, God, my life. <laughs> Um, uh, actually, a few years ago, I, I felt uh, I, I felt like I plateaued out from my and this segues nicely into the next bit of like you know what do you what can you do to get out of your plateau? Um, I felt quite follow plateaued out, mm-hmm. um, and I was struggling to find anything that was inspiring me as a follow. I was a bit a bit bored of it all um and so i decided um i was having a chat with fee actually and i was like oh no we're a bit bored of following and and like right right we're just gonna become the best leads we're gonna become the best leads in perth (laughs) and that was our new challenge (laughs) and we're both pretty solid leads now so i feel like that worked (laughs) 
You're the best leader. No, 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 no. I'm not. By far, I am not saying that. Especially in present company. <laughs> um, but I, I do think I hold my own in leading. Like I am comfortable leading. But before, I used to lead because I had to, and I, I wasn't able to be spontaneous in my leading. Whereas now, I am. I wouldn't say as. I'm equally comfortable leading and following. I'm more creative and spontaneous in my following. Um, but I'm very comfortable leading. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah it does. Mm. So, yeah. So, that, that was... That yeah, was nice. Um, should, we, should we get into the ways of overcoming a plateau? Yes. Okay. So, if anyone out there doesn't a plateau, here are some things that you can do. So, oh, sorry. Uh, you, go, you go first. Okay, fine. Uh, change things up. So change the, the, the manner in which you're, you're, te- you're learning. So things like um, going to different uh, teachers, different schools, different types of uh, ways of learning. So if you only do drop-in classes, try doing a workshop. If you only do workshops, try going to an exchange, uh, do private classes, uh, do classes with people you don't usually do classes with. Um, just that can sometimes be a spark of like, oh, I've never heard it taught this way. Yeah, that's a good point. So there was, um, it wasn't actually a a new teacher, but it was a new concept. So this is changing things up in the sense that Balboa, yep, here's all these moves. Yep, cool. But I never had that moment of like, this is how you invent a move or how you play with momentum. Like mm. that, the, the gap between doing Balboa moves into leading and following Balboa's mm. shapes and flying yeah. between things was a set point in time. It was I plateaued, got a few moves of Balboa, and that was boring. That Balboa, sure, yep, okay, yep. this is a dance. Cool. <laughs> it is technically a dance. <laughs> but yeah. then that one moment happened. I think it was a class where they taught the dream sequence, which mm. is uh, an old Balboa story. Someone had a dream about a move, and then they came up the next morning and did this move, and it was a new move. And it's it's more contemporary Balboa, but it was cool and fancy and leads to a lot of other potentials. Mm. And so when I found that move, so I had one class, learned this one new move, and it just opened up a door of like, this is how to do fun Balboa and make stuff up and just do different things. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily even a new dancer. It was just a new move that the teacher just taught. Yeah. Cool. I did a similar thing with Bal of going all to the cats, to all the cats. Like I yeah. said earlier, of I'd done a lot of Balboa, but I'd never been... I had never been to a Val exchange. Mm. Um, and so absorbing all that information in that context um, really took me out of my Val plateau. Yeah. Very, very much so. I, I'm, I also want to do a separate thing. We can do it now um, for overcoming plateaus of going to an exchange. Mm. Like I know you've already just mentioned it and they're changing things up, but going to an exchange is one of the best ways I've found to smash through a plateau. Oh, yeah. Because there is just so much dancing in such a short amount of time with such a variety of teachers mm. like every exchange I especially early on in my senior degree every exchange I went to I was learning from teachers I'd never had classes from mm. and so every teacher was teaching things in a different way and having different class structures and different moves and then not only doing your like 10 hours of classes over the weekend <laughs> having your 30 hours of social dancing yay means that you've got all this time, mm. the more time you put into it, the more likely you are to do something that's different. Mm. And especially when it's like 2 a.m. on a Monday night and you're just shattered, you've got no inhibitions anymore, you don't care. It's the best time. You don't have to do a proper swing out. You can do 
Especially at a bar. You can lie on the ground. Like, <laughs> you do whatever you want and people uh, don't care. Yeah. Very true. So Very yeah, true. go to an exchange. If you're having a, a blockage, go to an exchange. The best ones to go to are the ones where you don't know anyone there. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, I can't agree more, honestly. Absolutely brilliant. Yes. Um, so yeah, Singapore. It's some great exchanges and hardly any Perthies go there. Mm. Do it. Or a whole bunch of you know exchanges in Asia. Mm. Australia's got good workshops, but yeah. often you'll go there and you'll know lots of people. So it's kind of like, yeah. And you have a tendency to be a bit more self-conscious, I think, when you go to a workshop when you already know everyone because you sort of have this yeah, expectation expectation of what is expected of you or what is known about you. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go to an exchange where you don't know anyone, um, you you can reinvent yourself. <laughs> but like as cheesy as it sounds, is it totally is. True. You just go there and you're a blank slate and mm. you just do what you do. And if you stuff up, nobody cares. People care even less. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. It's really nice. All right. Next. Plateau smashing. Um, yes. Yeah, so pl- uh, different dance styles. Okay. Um, so let's say, you know, you're Lindy. You're bored out of your skull with Lindy, but um, you just, you know, try Balboa, try solo jazz, try hip hop, try ballet, try try anything else. Um, because, again, it'll expose you to different teaching styles because all those different styles of dances have very different ways of being taught. Um, and you find out quite quickly that even though they can be very vastly different dances, like take ballet and Lindy Hop, um, there are yeah, some... pretty similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Yeah. The pulse and ballet is strong. Oh, so strong. <laughs> Weak knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice little soft knees. Um, relaxed and grounded. <laughs> Um, no, but like you, you will find commonalities or you can yeah. find things that you can apply to the rest of your dancing, whichever one you want to actually be focusing on. Let's take Lindy, for example, that you will definitely find things in ballet and in hip hop that you can then transpose and you can then give you new light. Mm. Yep. New dance styles. I'd agree with that. Mm. We're agreeing a lot here. I feel like... This is a shame. This, I disagree, Charlotte. This is a shit podcast. I definitely. reckon if you want to get good at Lindy Hop, the best way to do it is to do more Lindy Hop. You know, funny you should mention that, though. There, There is a, a school of thought. There is. Um, where uh, it is... I, I'm not going to say discouraged, but it is recommended that if you want to... Again, to take Lindy Hop as an example, if you want to be the best Lindy Hopper in the world, you should focus only solely and uniquely on Lindy Hop and ignore everything else. I could not disagree with this more. I, I just don't think I could... I couldn't disagree with it more. Um, I, I can see where that argument is coming from, mm-hmm. of like honing your craft mm-hmm. and really focusing everything on it. Um, but I think it it... It does not, it ignores the fact that all of these dances, talking within a swing context here, so bal and solo and shag, they, they were all done together. You know, they were all part of the same renaissance of dance and things like that. And to sort of categorize them so rigidly, just, it makes you lose out on, on so much crossover. That's like my spins in Lindy improved one million thousand percent with Balboa because Balboa you turn on a dime and you if you don't turn on a dime you're not turning <laughs> or you're not doing it properly um, and so that ability was really honed in Balboa but it is something that I use in Lindy Hop all the time okay but isn't it true that a Lindy Hopper could just practice their turns it is um, but I think the exposure to the reason why it was so important in Balboa drove the point home quicker 
for me and it allowed me to reach that end goal much more quickly and it made sense in that context more so than it did in Lindy because Lindy travels a lot more and so the ability to just have to turn on a single spot is not as important in Lindy as it is in Bal. In mm-hmm. Bal, it's, it's pivotal. No, ah, wordplay. It's not funny. It's so funny. It's not funny, Charlotte. It is hilarious. I'm going to edit that bit out. Oh, where's my app that makes laughter? But yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all the same dances. It's all the same music. It all melds together. I, I see what you're saying okay but now I'm just really tempted to, 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 to disagree go for it <laughs> that's the point of the podcast Jethro so I'm a Bebo dancer mm. that looks like a Lindy Hopper yes there are things that are different between the dancers correct and there are things that can can contaminate that is it some people would argue a bad thing yes if you're doing Balboa with bent knees mm-hmm. it's it, mm. It's not really Balboa anymore. Well, I'm still Balboa, but you're not going to be true to the history of Balboa. Okay. So well, that's would... a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, it is. But so if I want to get better, if I want to be a good Balboa dancer, if I only trained Balboa, then I wouldn't have any of those bad influences from other dancers as well. Mm. And you're right. There are things that are beneficial. There are things that are in both, like turns. Mm. But if I'm working on turns and Balboa, it's more relevant. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Like, you did a bunch of turn practice because it was more fun because it was something different. It's a whole new dance. Mm. You didn't do it because you wanted to get better at turning in Lindy Hop. It was a happy accident. Correct. I did want to get better at turning, but it, it was a happy accident that it happened through Balboa. Yeah, okay. Um, I know, I'm just not that interested in learning that much, but I can... I would... Pro- mm, if someone's that dedicated to being the best at Lindy Hop, I reckon if they did Lindy Hop drills, <clears throat> that would be more worthwhile than doing an entirely new dance and potentially picking up other bad habits. Okay. Segway, yeah. which is related to this, what about within the same dance, as a way of overcoming a plateau, within the same dance, switching, switching roles? Would that make you... Yeah. Do you, do you still say that that's if I if my goal was to be the best follow uh, best Lindy Hopper follow ever in the world mm-hmm. um, ship has sailed <laughs> um, would should I focus uniquely on following Lindy Hop is there any I would suggest to a dancer I want to be the best follow in the world to do enough leading that they know what that role involves okay they don't have to be a good lead but mm. just do enough of it to get that point of view, to get that perspective. Because mm-hmm. you're right, it is the same dance, mm-hmm. and having that other perspective is going to be super useful. Mm. And then you're not going to get as many bad habits from doing a lead role mm. as a follow mm. than you are doing it for an entirely different dance with different postures and different structure and different footwork. Yeah. Because again, I'm 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 of the mindset of do do all of the dances in all of the roles. Oh no, me too. I just like variety though. Yeah. Like the point of me is that it keeps it enjoying mm. and it keeps it enjoyment and if I wanted to be the best then it'd just be really boring it's but funny. I still feel like there's better ways or there's more efficient ways to get to become the best at Lindy Hop hmm interesting because I um, I I don't do it necessarily out of boredom like like you do for me it's more um, well I started leading because I had to <laughs> well 
truth be told, yeah, I had yeah. to. Um, and I found the enjoyment in it that came came after, and the the benefit that each role had on its partner role was huge. Um, so definitely, definitely something that also helped overcome plateaus. Uh, flip switch it over, roles. switch roles. Yeah, do that for a while, see what happens. You might find out that you're like, I actually really prefer this other role. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, following um, is so much easier, so much more fun. <sighs> following is so much easier. Yeah. Mm. That's another podcast. <laughs> that is actually another podcast. <laughs> it's on the topic list. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. on the topic list. That'll be a fun one. Uh, oh yes. Um, so the other way that I thought of to come out of a plateau is to okay it's not really like a do x y and z it's more of a strategy like figure out a way to change your mentality Mm. so if you are hounding yourself to get better so this happened to me pretty badly when we were competing yeah so we started off competing and it was great because we were training a lot and we were getting better awesome it got to a point we were competing and we weren't getting better or mm. I wasn't getting better and it was just annoying and I had stupid arms and it just looked weird every time I watched a video of it and it just wasn't getting better and I was just wanting to be better because we were competing. We were literally trying to win mm. and I know like, yeah, it's all fun. Just go and have a good time but it's BS, hard to do that. BS, we're both calling BS on it's that. It's really hard to do. I really struggle with that. Mm. So we'd go along and wouldn't do as well as I was hope or our routine wouldn't get as much of a response as I would like Mm. or whatever it was and I just kept beating myself up to the point where I almost left Lindy Hop like I just Mm. had had enough that was it that was probably my worst plateau I've had and it just yeah it just sucked yeah and the only thing that got me out of that was a change in mentality which I had to do by stopping competing unfortunately Mm. for you yeah, for me. <laughs> so stopped competing, managed to not, as soon as I wasn't competing, I wasn't caring so much about my technique or about mm. the way, it, the aesthetics. And then it was much easier to mm. then relax and then slowly start getting better again, mm. if I did. I'm sorry that had that effect on you. Well, don't be sorry. Like, I'm still no, I'm, good, I, like I'm still, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back and not compete. Mm. No, but I'm just sorry that... It took such a negative toll on you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that I'm not I'm to blame, because right, I'm, okay, I'm yeah. not, but I'm just saying... <laughs> I mean... Oh, oh, this is where we get into it. <laughs> um, no, but I'm sorry yeah. that it, you know, because it, I know that I, I definitely pushed uh, for that, because I, I love competing, and mm-hmm. for me, it's something that I really do quite enjoy, uh, and for something that was so driving for me to not have had the same effect of you on you and for it to have been such a negative effect on you um makes me sad that's all so learning experiences yeah exactly so yeah change your perspective if you can figure out a way to change your attitude rather than focusing on why you're not improving focus on how you can have fun by having variety doing something different or by going to an exchange or by stopping Mm. competing yeah um another one I have is and I feel like we embody this in in most of our dances and classes and things like that is that be willing and open to making mistakes um so I think sometimes people plateau because they're scared to try you know for example they're you know oh I'm scared to go to level two or I'm scared to go to level three oh, because right. okay. you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'll make a fool of myself I'm not good enough yet yes okay make mistakes Everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. I, it is impossible to learn a new skill and not make mistakes because that is how you grow. 
that is how you learn. Just get over it, essentially. <laughs> Caveat? Sure. Don't go to a workshop level that's above you. Right. It screws over everyone else in that level. Yes, I will agree with that caveat. Yeah, like um, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's true. We all like we're our own worst enemies when it comes to critiquing ourselves. But then we're also our worst judgment of like, oh yeah, no, no, I'm fine for mm. this level. And if you're unsure, like if you're going to an exchange or something that is being um, leveled and graded, and you're actually genuinely unsure which level you should go to. Um, I would really recommend speaking to someone who has been to that event before and who has seen you dance or knows how... Like, and who will give you honest feedback. Exactly. Don't don't look for someone to be your cheerleader. Um, look for... And this is where, you know, your teachers can sometimes be the best people to ask because... Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. not always. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident that you or I will, be, will give genuine feedback. Um, and like, let's say the event is in six months time mm-hmm. and you want to go to level four of all the cats. Mm-hmm. Um, even like if we think that you can get there, we will maybe give you some tips and tricks of like, this is what the things that you need to do in order to feel comfortable by that time mm-hmm. to be in that level. Or like, look, you know, I, next year, absolutely. Next year, that will be your, the level for you for this time, maybe try a level below, um, and and see how you go because you have to remember as well that there again the difference between a class and workshops. class and a workshop is is different like the the structure of the workshop is very different um so when in doubt don't overshoot too much because yeah as it's very frustrating when you're in a class and the level is significantly below what it is meant to be um for the teachers inclusive it, it can be very frustrating for them um, but yeah, when in doubt, ask us questions. Hmm. Um, so the other ones that I had was to join a teaching team or join a performance team. Yes. So this is a little yep. bit hard because some performance teams are invite only and teaching teams mm-hmm. are invite only. Mm-hmm. Um, but often if you ask the people who are inviting people, hey, how do I join this team? They'll start actually looking at you. Absolutely. So you don't have to be like, hey, I want to be on the team. I'm on the team. You yeah. just be like, hey, what do I have to do? Or how do you invite mm. people onto the teaching team or onto the performance team? Mm. Um, Rhythm Riot, there's no audition. Oh, sorry. There's no invite-only mm. system. We literally have uh, a system where if you send me a video of you dancing at 200 beats per minute, doing the mama's stew, and doing three swing outs in a circle by yourself without a partner, and you successfully do it without falling on your face, then you're on the team. Yay! So we need people who obviously can dance at that speed, who mm. can do a swing out by themselves and who knows how to teach themselves routines. But yeah, if you send me a video of that, you're on the team. Open yeah. to anyone. Where should they send this video, Jethro? Anywhere you can. You can show me on a phone Send it to class. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you can send it to YouTube or the info at swingsy.com yeah. or my Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And then performance teams are great because you learn routines, which is not what you learn in class usually. Yeah. So it's a different way of learning, a different way of um, skill development, because they often they often will work more on aesthetics than they would in a normal class. Mm. But it's also training. It's also just drill work rather than like here's some fun games. Yeah. To keep everyone entertained. And the thing with troop as well is it's not meant to be a uh, a full stop kind of teaching environment. It's meant to be training um, that supplements classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things like that. So it's something where you have you know maybe more one on one feedback than you would generally be able to have in class. 
Um, so those those are also good. And teaching, like you said, is is a great way um, because you all of a sudden have to actually think about what you're doing. You have to know everything inside out. Yeah. You have to relearn every single move. Yeah. Um, and it's great when a teacher, when a student asks you a question, you're like, oh, I've never thought about my left foot. <laughs> <laughs> What's my left foot? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Left, right. You don't got it. <laughs> um, yep. Um, the other thing I've got yep. is um, finding people whose feedback is valuable to you. So ask, you know, what do you think I could do? You know, I feel like I'm stuck somewhere. What do you think I should work on? And, you know, don't just ask Joe Blogs down the street. You obviously want to ask people whose opinion matter to you and whose um, opinion is of, is of value. Um, and also... People who will, like Jet said earlier, who people who will give it to you straight. Like you're not looking for fluffy, duffy, positive things. Um, but if it's development that you're seeking, um, you have to be open and prepared for constructive criticism. Um, you know, if I go to Jethro and be like, hey, Jet, you know, I, I really feel like my swing outs need work. What do you think? Um, Everything. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're one, and then you're two and three. Your four, five, six are just like, we'll talk about those later. And then you're seven and eight, man. Like, what is happening there? <laughs> um, but yeah, because yeah, sometimes, okay. you know, you, don't, you yeah. don't necessarily know. Like, you, you might be so stuck in your head about this. Like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my right hand? When someone could come to you and be like, I don't know what's going on with your right hand, but like, your left foot, man. <laughs> and it just, that shift in perspective of like, oh, I never okay. actually thought about it that way. Let, have, let me... you, have you had um, sessions like this or privates or like private lessons type things that have got you through a plateau? I get the theory, but it's never actually happened to me that I can um, think of. I don't know if it got me through a plateau, but it definitely got me thinking. It, it wasn't an immediate thing, let okay. me put it that way. But it is, um, I had, and I've told you the story before, I had a very traumatic uh, private lesson Learning? with Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who, Ramona is amazing. She's amazing, and we should all have privates with her. Um, but she's, she's an Australian dancer. She is an Aust- She's an American dancer who oh, lives wait, in Australia. Oh, no, wait, she's an American who lives in Australia. Yeah, okay. uh, Ramona Staffield. Lives in um, Melbourne, amazing dancer, teaches all over the world. Yeah, she, so she was teaching Lindy Hop when she was 14 years old with Frankie Manning. Yeah. Just to put that in perspective. She's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I had a private with her in Melbourne a few years ago. And um, if you are not prepared for direct and honest feedback from someone, I highly recommend you choose someone else to get a feedback, a, a private from. Because she had me basically doing, I think it was like eight count footwork just up and down the room. And we were doing that for like freaking 20 minutes. And um, after that, you know, she's, and she's one of those like lovey-dovey, hippie, kind of full of positivity people. Um, and she turns to me and she's, I can't remember the exact word. I should have written it down. But it was something along the lines of, oh, I see. Your, your problem is you have no rhythm. <laughs> And I was broken. I was just like, what? <laughs> I was, oh, and like, I didn't cry, which I was very proud of myself. But it, um, and it, it didn't, it's not that it didn't shock me, but I was just, it was such a big comment coming from this person that it took a while to sink in. Um, and it did eventually over a few days and glasses of wine. Um, but yeah, it it did make me all of a sudden, you know, instead of thinking about moves I could do and footwork variations, it really, really made me focus on the consistency and, and the strength of just very, very basic rhythms, um, which I, I found helpful in the long run. 
Cool. That's good. Yeah. So freaking painful at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember you told me that story and I just laughed. Yeah, I know. So yeah, you still laugh now. Yeah. But it was funny. It was, yeah. yeah. But she's she's brutal, man. It's great. I like teachers like that. I don't like Fluffy Duffy. I mean, sometimes you need a bit of Fluffy Duffy, but mostly I'm like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'm not paying for you to tell me what I'm doing right. Although, secretly, I do like it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but... God, you should get lessons from, how was it? Jose, Josie Wiggins. So Josie and Joseph Wiggins, our brother-sister tap dancing combo. Mm. So obviously being a different dance style like tap or ballet, like a ballet teacher. Like, oh, he's lovely. He's lovely, but he tells you when you're doing it wrong. Yeah, it's like, great. Lindy Hoppers tend to be very fluffy. They do. And tap and ballet is like, so we're in these classes. I message the organizers being like, look, I'm not very good at tap. I'm going to go to the last level, but it's D- still, I'm not quite there yet. Like, oh, no, you'll be fine. Go in it. So I went in it. And they're doing flop down the room. Mm. Flop, 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 hoffle, shuffle, uh, hop, shuffle, ball change. Flop, 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 hop, shuffle on the other side. So it's just this traveling thing. And it was not that complicated. It's a drill that everyone should be able to do. And I was going along. We were doing it in fours. It was like terrifying because they were watching you. And once my team got to the end, they called me out <laughs> and made me do the entire thing. Like three or four times because I couldn't quite get all the right noises in there. <laughs> so some of my tap shows in this whole tap class was just waiting for me to go back and up down the room to try to do these flops and shuffles. Walk up and down. Walk. Oh no. <sighs> yeah, Josette was mean. But did you did you get? No, I hated it. You hated it. Okay, no, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just I'm just asking. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's fair. I would be mortified. Yep. Yeah. 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 Fun times. Mm. <laughs> no, the the biggest plateau break that I've had recently that I just remembered we were talking about uh, exchanges was down in Boogie Down South mm. because Nils and Bianca were teaching I haven't had classes from oh. Nils seen much about them other than the ridiculous aerials oh they're so good but just seeing the way Nils moved was great because most Lindy Hopper leads don't move much mm. they, don't, they don't do much they, they usually try to keep it calm and like stylish yeah that doesn't really mean it's like groovy yeah. Like people like Remy have a good groove, but a lot of them are just like clean and tidy and just something for the floor to hang it on to look good. Yeah. And Nils moves. Yeah, he's always moving around. Oh, it was so much fun to watch him and just like watching him for an entire weekend and then just like putting it to my own dance. It was just, yeah. Cool. That's, that's, that's what I prefer. Just watching something and then putting it to my own dance rather mm. than being called out in front of everyone that you're doing it wrong. No, no, you're doing it wrong. No, no, you're doing it wrong. Oh! I understand. Cool. All right. Do you have, I have one more. Do you have any? Oh else? yeah, no, no, that's all I've got. Yeah. yeah. Little, okay. My last one um, is, I guess. So you're in this plateau. Um, have a think about what it is, what it would mean for you to get out of this plateau. Like, does it mean um, what? What does progress look like? <laughs> Does it mean that you want to win a competition? Does it mean that you want to be shifting your your focus of you know becoming the best lead in Perth? Um, does try to have like a, a bigger picture of what an improvement would look like? So set goals, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? It was just a really waffly way of trying to get to. I couldn't figure out what you were saying for the first few sentences. I was okay. like, what is she on about? Well, now you know. Setting goals. Yeah. Cool. Set um, goals, but they have they don't have to be necessarily fixed in stone goals. Yeah, if yeah. it's like winning a comp, it doesn't have to be like I need to win this competition at this event on this day. It's like I want to win a comp, and then you can start you know looking into that and what that entails, and then eventually choose to do a comp or whatever. So yeah, 
that's good. Cool. Yep. Yep, setting some goals. I suck at goal setting. Yeah, me too. The only goal setting that I enjoy is comps. I can't do that anymore. Yes, you can. Solo or with another dance partner. Yeah, other dance partner. Let's all laugh together. Um, You and Fee have competed together. Yes. Many, many, many years ago. Um, I just don't think I'm good enough for solo. Solo scares me. (laughs) Solo scares me so much. Like, the thing is, if I'm in my little corner in Mustang and I've had a couple glasses of wine and I'm in, pardon my French, I'm in a zero fucks given mood, I will solo till the cows come home. And if someone could potentially film that, I could potentially place in a thing. But as soon as I'm like on my own and have people watching me, my solo just turns into I can't. I just can't. I get so embarrassed. And that doesn't happen in Lindy? Not as much. No, because Lindy, I'm not focusing... The, the focus is not on me. Or only on me. The fo- Like, my focus is entirely on the person. Um, and, yeah, I just... I, I don't have that as much in Solo. Yeah, okay. I have a lot of respect for people who compete solo. I just think it's the most terrifying thing ever. Old competing is terrifying. Don't do it. Hey, do it. <laughs> hey, Leeds want to go out and compete. Call me up. I love competing. Show pony. I like pony steps, but that's about it. I'm not quite showing. Very much. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of our discussion on... Epif- uh, not Epif- Plateau. Plateau. That was last week. No, that was the week before, even. Yeah. Um... Mm. They're frustrating. They suck. There's mm. a few ways to get through them, but essentially it's time. Yeah. And get out of your head. Like, I think a lot of times, yeah. especially when we focus so much on our dancing, we, we get stuck in our own heads of like, oh my God, I'm never going to progress. And then just try to remember the reason that you started dancing in the first place, which is you probably started because it was fun. And then just try to get it back to that. Cool. All right. We've got one more segment before the outro. It's everyone's favorite. Quiz time. Oh, oh no, that's not everyone's favorite. The everyone's favorite is the outro. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah What's no. the quiz question this week, Jet? I thought you were going to make one. Well, you thought wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have got one for you. I don't think this is going to be possible. I think I'm going to ask a question that's impossible for people to answer. Oh. But you never know. Someone could get it. Okay. If someone manages to answer this and send me the answer, I will easily give you a free class. Is it is it Lindy related? It is Lindy related. Okay. But it's music related. Okay. I'm going to attempt to play the bass line from a song. Oh, what happens if I get it? Do you I get, get a free, free class? class? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, At like another school? No, I'm not paying <laughs> you to go to another school. <laughs> um, you can, you can. We're chained here, people. <laughs> Swing zing, the capitalist. Yeah, swing zing or no <laughs> the zing. Dic- the no thing. dictators. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to play a bass line. Um, I'm working on a, a piano, a, a song, uh, a Lindy Hop-ish song. And I've got a bass line with my left hand that I'm not very good at. So I want to play it. I wanted to play it for you guys. And you have to figure out what the song is. Okay. Do I have to choose like a, a, a mode or are you just going to play it piano? No, no, I'm going to play it piano mode so they can hear it. Yeah, fair enough. And then we'll do the outro. Okay, here's the quiz question. What is this the bass line to?
I, like I said, I'm still working on it. I know this one. Oh, cool. Don't yeah. say it then. Okay. Well, well that's the... a good thing because I don't know the name, but I do know the song. <laughs> um, I've got a feeling that it's, there's probably a few songs that could be played to that bass line. Um, anyway, yeah. that's the, I'll play the rest of the song for you next week so you can hear what the actual song is. But hopefully, you know, we'll get a few guesses and we'll see if anyone wins a free class. Yes. And again, if you have any ideas of discussion points that you would like us to bring up please please do so our topic for next week I think is one that was brought up by one of our dear contributors Miss Claudia hi Claudia hi Claudia Flammy says hello too <laughs> um, and it's elf classes yeah everyone leads and everyone follows we touched on it a little bit today about leading and following yeah um, but we'll have a bigger chat about that okay cool time for the outro hey uh, Charlotte yes you've got an instrument this week uh Oh, no. I have a number. No, no, you've got an instrument. I can't. I don't know what to do with it. Charlotte literally is holding on to a ukulele. No, I'm not. Make some noise. No, I don't remember. Make some noise. I made a noise. Good job. So if you want to hear Charlotte play an outro. No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hard pass. Uh, okay, Charlotte, pick a number. Uh, oh god I can't remember the other numbers I've done uh, 37 is that, is that a thing oh yeah I don't think we've done this one um, cool so that's it from us thanks very much for listening if you want to uh, stop listening now you can there's not going to be anything after this song this is just how we finish finish our podcast I mean there's always a little bit of laughter you know what we should do you know how in like Marvel movies there's <laughs> always that, like, at the end. there's a little scene at the end <laughs> uh, we should do that should... these are already too long this episode's already too long Okay, uh, let's let's play this outro. Here we go. <clears throat> I like how I'm clearing my voice as if I'm out of that scene. Me, 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 me.